Welcome to Between Us Leaders, a place where we talk about leading with wisdom and godly devotion. I'm your host, Terry Herndon, and today we're doing something a little bit different. Back in December, I was on the flip side of an interview. My new friend, Jan McIntyre, is a credentialed minister and a pastor's wife in Florida. She has a YouTube show called Silently Bleeding, Finding Hope for the Pastor's Wife. This episode she titled, Depression and the Pastor's Wife. With Jan's permission and my producer, Jason Yarbrough's expertise, we took the video, added our music, and voila, we have something that we can share with our podcast listeners. So whether you or someone you know struggles with seasonal depression, clinical depression, or anxiety, I pray that this will give you hope. So without further delay, here is me and Jan McIntyre. Thank you so much for joining us on Silently Bleeding. It is my great pleasure to introduce to you, Terry Herndon. Hi! I was raised in a pastor's home. I'm married to a pastor and I am a pastor. I've experienced hurt through criticism, rejection, and the way people have treated my children. We will be discussing these subjects and so much more right here on Silently Bleeding, Finding Hope for the Pastor's Wife. My name is Terry, as you already said, and I am in the Sacramento area of California. My husband and I work out of our district resource center for our fellowship. He is the secretary treasurer, and I am the leader of our credentialed women, ministry wives, and widows ministry for our district, which is a great pleasure. Um, we have two kids, both grown, both married, and seven grandkids, so we are a happy bunch. Terry, what is one of the most difficult things you've ever faced in ministry? Wow, we were in pastoral ministry for about almost 25 years before my husband was elected into this position um, in which he now serves. And um, there has been some difficult moments in the pastoral ministry. Probably the toughest of that was, or one of the highlights, if somebody were to ever ask me that question, is um, when one of the pastors that we had served with, that we were co-pastors with, was shot and killed uh, in the church. And that was a very tragic, you know, uh, season for us. Um, but that was, you know, many, many years ago, that was early on in our, in our ministry. Um, you know, we all face difficult, difficult seasons and difficult times, um, in ministry relationally or, or, uh, financially or otherwise, uh, there's always those difficult, tough moments. Oh, wow. I can't, Oh, I can't even fathom. That must've been so hard for you guys as the senior pastors, but for the whole church. They were actually, he was the, the lead pastor and we, they had just launched us out. Uh, we were, had just left the church, but not really left the church. We were partnering with them as they were going to kind of relaunch a, a church um, in a different area. And uh, so they were going to be coming alongside of us. And then he was killed three weeks into it. But our, we had such a close relationship. They had already come and, and visited with us, spent the night in our home. You know, I mean, so it wasn't, it was a very unique and special um, relationship. So yes, it was very, it was very tragic. Terry, has there ever been a time that you have felt like you were silently bleeding? And if so, could you talk about that? 
I will talk about the most recent because there have been several times that I have been in that situation. Uh, but the most recent one came to head about three years ago. Uh, we were going through a, a situation in our family um, and I just was like, you know, one of those moments just kind of spiraling out of control in an emotional uh, sense and way. Um, I knew that grieving was very much an appropriate and acceptable and healthy way to deal with what was happening, but, um, but I wasn't coming out of it. And I really felt like I was stuck in a place that was not healthy, that was not good, that was actually uh, quite frightening um, for me. And I remember being at a, at a women's conference surrounded with people. I'm an extrovert. I love being with people. I love hanging with people. That, that gives me energy. Um, and I just felt like I wanted to go in the corner and crawl up in a ball. And that was so opposite of who I am. Um, and a dear, very trusted close friend of mine came up and said, how are you doing? And I just looked at her and I said, I'm not good. I, I'm not good. I'm not okay. And um, so that was kind of like the long, that was the first time I had expressed that out loud to somebody else. And so that was, uh, I came home to my husband and said, I need help. I, I need to go see somebody. I, I need to talk about this. I, I'm not well, and I'm not getting better and it's getting worse. So um, I went off to see a counselor and she was the best thing that happened to me. <laughs> Um, because the Lord really used her uh, at, at that time. Um, I remember her telling me, she says, Terry, you're not going to like what I have to say. And I'm like, well, okay, it couldn't be any worse. So <laughs> whatever's going on, so just lay it on me. And she says, I really believe that you are suffering from clinical depression and anxiety. And I was like, hmm. well, thank you, Jesus, that you can tell me what's going on because I didn't know. I didn't know. So from that, it was a process. She, um, I had to go to my clinical doctor and they confirmed that diagnosis um, and then started me on the process of getting better. And that was, um, but it was a pretty dark place for a long time of walking through that silently. Uh, a, a few people knew about it, um, but it was kind of one of those embarrassing, like, here I am a credentialed woman. I am an ordained minister and I am dealing with depression and anxiety. And I'll tell you, I mean, it kind of really messed with my theology because <laughs> I was like, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't Jesus be enough? You know, like, why can't I pray this away? Why can't I sing this away? Why can't I um, speak in tongues it away? Why can't I, you know, in any of those go-to things, why can't I just be at the altar and why can't it just, go away. And it really messed with me, you know, like how I had to kind of rethink um, some of the things that I had presumed, or I don't want to say taught, because I think that sometimes um, we come to our own conclusions. It's not that somebody taught me these things, but it's just observations, perceptions um, that I picked up along the way for whatever reason, and I made them my own. And so I had to kind of relearn and re rethink some things about how I deal with things and how I even looked at scripture, how I viewed God, how I, you know, all those, all those things. And it was quite humbling. 
looking back, what were the indicators that you were truly suffering with clinical depression and anxiety? Well, looking back, I was really with the help of my counselor to figure these things out. Um, it, our first meeting, she was asking me about how are you sleeping? And I'm thinking, oh gosh, how am I sleeping? I'm not sleeping. Um, I, it takes me a long time to go to sleep. And then when I don't go to, you know, when I do get to sleep, then I wake up and I can't go back to sleep because my mind is just spinning and it doesn't shut off and it just keeps going and going. And she says, that's the anxiety when you can't shut off your mind and it just is running a mile a minute. Um, and so that was one of the indicators. A big one was just an emotional flat line. I'm a very high feeling person. Um, and so to have that, a, an emotional flatline, like I wasn't, um, I wasn't feeling the joy or the pleasure in things that I typically would, mm -hmm. um, like even being with my kids or my grandkids, it was just like, okay, I should be having a lot more fun than I, uh, than I'm really feeling. Um, and that was very concerning, uh, to me. Um, I would get. I had a panic attack actually when I was driving. That was a little scary, kind of dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, my, I was coming back from some uh, from a minister's meeting actually, and there's some things that were said in the meeting um, that were all positive, nothing negative. It was actually a, a it was a moment. Uh, our presbyter started off the meeting with saying, "Let's share some wins," and so they were going around doing that. And there was something that was said that was a trigger for me. And I was heading to another meeting. And so I'm like, okay, Terry, you can't cry now. You, you, you've got to hold it together. And I'm driving and all of a sudden I started, my peripherals started getting fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, uh-oh. And I'm going, okay, take some deep breaths. And so I go, but then I couldn't stop. And I'm going, oh my goodness, my fingers are tingling. I'm holding onto my steering wheel. I, I was blocked on both sides. I couldn't change lanes and I'm thinking, Terry, I don't know what a panic attack is, or I don't know what it is to hyperventilate, but I'm pretty sure you're doing it right now. And you just got to stop. And I'm like, literally, Jesus, take the wheel because I, I cannot lose it right here. And I just, I believe really that the Lord just came in and helped me in that moment because that was scary. I, and uh, so when I told my, my counselor about that and she's like, okay, yeah, that is definitely the anxiety part portion of it. Um, so when she told me that I was clinically depressed with anxiety, it's, it's really kind of those two pieces, um, that were feeding each other, I guess that it really kind of messes with the serotonin levels in, in your brain. And you need those in order to, it's, it's kind of, that keeps things cool. Um, she had shown me a picture, my counselor of two brains that, um, that were active. And one was a normal brain and one was a, a brain with uh, anxiety. And the one with the anxiety brain was like this totally lit up red, you know, activity spinning and going around. And mm -hmm. the other one had a few like little red hot spots on there. Um, and so part of, of my, what I dealt with is dealing with and, and dealt with was the fact that my brain was always like lit up and that's the anxiety portion. And so I, I am on meds um, and it's really just to, to level out and to cool down the brain um, mm -hmm. so that it's not all firing off all the time. And that's um, been a huge, huge help. Um, I, I'm very grateful for, for uh, 
for the help of physicians, for doctors, for medicine. Um, you know, it's, and that was part of the other, uh, part of the um, messing with my theology, if you will, is yeah. having to relate to the fact that I, I do need help and I do need, you know, some meds to, uh, to take care of this um, because, you know, if somebody has a thyroid question, and she would always refer to this, if somebody has a thyroid problem, you take thyroid medication. You know, yeah. if somebody has high cholesterol, they're often on, on um, you know, cholesterol meds. So why is it that we are so ashamed if we need some, you know, some balance in the, in the brain? And uh, so that's really, that's what I take it for. Um, and it's, it's great. I remember talking to my husband one day, not long, it was several weeks after I'd started taking it because it takes a while to balance out. And I just, we were sitting watching TV. I don't even know what it was. We weren't like cuddling or sitting close. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just feel so good. It's been so long that I have felt this good. And he looks and I said, can you tell? And he's like, um, I don't know how to answer this question. And I knew that he was struggling because it was like, <laughs> if I say yes, then that means that you were bad. If I say no, that means you don't notice. And so uh, we had this phrase in our house. It's like, this is an honest question. I really want to know. Um, I just, I'm curious is if you could see what I am feeling on the inside. And he's laughed, he's kind of smiled and he said, yes. And it's really good to have you back. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think just what you've shared just now, somebody is going to be free because of this. So, oh my word, girl, thank you so much for being so real that you're on medication and you are an ordained minister and yeah. in the district office doing women's ministries. And, <laughs> and I just got my credential renewed, so it's all good. <laughs> Did God ever give you a scripture or a word that has helped carry you through this? I mean, I know the medication was crucial and God led you to the right uh, counselor, but did he give you a word that has just, you've held on to and has carried you? Um, yes. I mean, several, but one of them, especially in the early, um, in the early times of it was Romans 12 too. Um, be, you know, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the acceptable will of God. And so part of that, you know, it's just like, okay, this is a renewing of my mind process. And it is a process. I believe 100% that God could totally heal me in an instant right now and everything would be in balance and fine. But oftentimes it's the process route because I've had to renew my way of thinking about how I handle stress, how I handle um, difficult situations, how I handle disappointments, how I handle uh, expectations, you know, and learning uh, just all of those things. It's a process of renewing my mind and the way that I think that I may be able to prove that God's will for me is, is good, that he doesn't plan and purpose for me to, to live in depression, to, um, to live an anxious life, you know, because he came to give us life and life abundantly. And that is not abundant living. Um, it's it, abundant living is much more than just things and finances. I mean, it goes way so far beyond that. Um, that's a whole nother wonderful topic, but abundant living just in a peace of mind is, is huge. Um, so 
that was one that I kept going back to refer to, especially when I get um, a bit anxious about the process, like this is taking so long and, and stuff. It's like, but renewing is a long process. And that's what this is, is a process. And I want to walk the process because I don't ever want to go back to that place that I was in um, a couple of years ago. So do you ever struggle now with bouts of depression or anxiety, even just for a little minute or for a day or two? I do. And, um, and I have to be uh, careful about that. I am still in touch with my counselor. I don't see her on a regular basis, but I do send her a little text and said, Hey, you know, is this normal? Um, especially during COVID, uh, season being so isolated, um, and so she would respond back. Sometimes we'll have a, just a text conversation or sometimes it will be a FaceTime, but just kind of like a check-in. And um, she'll say, you know, cause part of the renewing is learning what is normal. And so it's like, this is a normal response to an abnormal situation. It's like, okay, I'm still good. Um, it doesn't mean being on meds doesn't mean that I don't feel emotions. I actually feel them more now, um, which is great. Uh, so, but it's just kind of, you know, uh, what is, what is healthy, what is good and what's normal. Um, the other thing is, is that I listen to my body, which I know can sound really strange and weird. Um, but I, I know, um, just because of my makeup, I, I need to sleep. I need my sleep and God bless my husband. He's like, I said, Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I slept in so long. He goes, don't you ever apologize for sleeping? Like I'm going, how many husbands say that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I need my sleep. I, I need to get out. I need, uh, you know, fresh air and exercise. I need, uh, you know, so I listen, I, I have to listen to my body in those ways. Um, I know that there will be times that after a big event that I'm going to, I'm going to have a, a drop down. And so I just, I give myself that it's like, okay, I need to have a mental health day. I need to just be in a place where there's no expectations. I don't have to clean the house. I can just do whatever I do and not feel guilty about it. And I think for me, that was a huge thing is to give myself permission um, not to feel guilty about doing nothing and just, just being, you know, content in. That's a word for somebody right there. Just learning not to feel guilty. I, when I was a younger pastor's wife, Oh my word. If I needed a nap, I would tell my husband, if somebody called, don't tell them I'm sleeping. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, I don't want anybody to think I'm lazy. And I guess, you know, I think we have a very similar personality. I may run, 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 and then crash if I don't take care of myself. And I had to learn, you know, take those, those times to just breathe. Yes. Otherwise I would, I'd crash and burn and God didn't call us to crash and burn. He wants us in it for the long haul. So sweet woman of God, if you are crashing and burning, stop. Yes. <laughs> it yes. Is okay to rest. In fact, that's why God gives us the Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. Terry, what word of wisdom do you have for that sweet woman of God that's watching right now? And maybe she struggles with taking care of herself and Maybe she struggles with anxiety or depression or some other issue in her life. What word could you share with her? Get help. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Um, and talk to somebody who can speak into your life, somebody that you, that you trust. Um, 
oftentimes, you know, we, we walk through things alone because we're embarrassed or we're ashamed or we, we feel like um, I should be able to rise above this. That was a huge thing for me. I'm, I should be able to rise above this. I should be able to do this or that. Um, and that's, that's not the case. If, 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 some, if you're feeling like you're in that place and you're stuck, then we need to get help to get unstuck because we can't unstick ourselves um, a lot of times. So just get help and don't be ashamed of it or afraid of it or embarrassed by it because God uses people Amen. to help us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. Terry, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story because your story, my friend, I believe is gonna bring freedom to women who needed to hear just what you said for such a time as this.